Welcome to our special weekly episode, SME SOS. Each week I'll be sharing this additional podcast taken from my weekly live interviews on Instagram with industry leaders and founders, all of whom share their insights and advice for businesses navigating this unprecedented time of uncertainty but also opportunity. My usual podcast, Conversations of Inspiration, is still coming out every Monday where I share founder stories or those who simply inspire me. I'd like to thank NatWest, Dell, Three and Royal Mail for joining us in supporting the small business community and helping to bring this free podcast to life. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown This week feels like a real gear change. We are now truly navigating the path carved out by the pandemic. And if we didn't feel it before, now is the time to look ahead, reflect on the lessons that we have learnt and act on them with a long-term view. So today's guests are from two of the most important pillars of small business survival, social media and finance. I think the fact that Instagram and NetWest both joined me live to talk all things small business is a testament to you all. We are a hugely important part of the tapestry of the UK economy and the future of business is small. I know that Roger and Mark both said this last week too, but with two institutions joining me today, I hope it reaffirms what I have been assuring you. I know it might not feel like it at times, and I know you might feel like I am not talking to you as you sit in your spare room making or in an office space creating, but I am, I mean you, sat here listening, dreaming and being brave and making your dreams happen. So to my first guest, Gord Ray, who is the brand development lead for Instagram. It seems from my comments prior to this interview with Gord that he was much anticipated by the community, eager to hear the tips of the trade and the feedback we received afterwards. Well, it was amazing. I think it might be one of the most watched and requested videos in the last four months of SME SOS. Firstly, Gord, thank you so much for joining us. This community has really, uh, well, we've had the most questions to any expert I've had in 80 days. How have you found it this period of time and how's Instagram found it? Well, it has been anything but business as usual. So a lot of of effort and I know that that was... uh, uh, probably some of the questions people are going to ask about what what could we and what did we do and what are we doing for small businesses during this time. But yeah, it's, I have to say, like everyone, I'm sure when you start the conversation with everyone's got their own situation. Like I'm here, kind of in the living room. I'm impressed with your your wonderful setup for all of your IGTV live. <laughs> Goodness, I'd never done an IGTV before, and so that first day you do it, and so many people go. This is like, and I'm sure you've seen from the volume. Um, of people, I mean, God, I, I would love to know the statistics, but those early days, it just felt unreal how many people were doing this for the first time. Yes, I mean, we were amazed ourselves. So within March, in the period of March and April, the amount of lives that were taking place on Instagram doubled. Like just making sure Instagram still worked became a core priority for the team because of the amount of people that were going live. I mean, there were some 
numbers around combining both Facebook and Instagram around live was 800 million um, daily active users of, of live. Like it's, it's these numbers that are just unprecedented. For you guys, it's a bit like a bank, isn't it? You know, there's a lot of us that try to work our way through this, but actually you're a platform that we relied on. You know, we relied on the government and the loan schemes. We relied on Instagram and Facebook. And and also just the the way that we took what the situation that the world is finding itself in very, very seriously, knowing that exact point, so many people are relying on Instagram. So one of the areas of, of, that we did focus on was the importance. This is an area that I myself also work on is, is what can we do to support small businesses around the world? One of my favorite initiatives was the support small business sticker. So that is what we as regular people can all Brilliant. Use. It is brilliant. I use it all the time. And we're able to say like, if you love a small business, I mean, there's one that I've used several times. It's a peanut butter company called Mana Life, which makes this like wonderful peanut butter because I'm a huge fan. And I was able to tell people I'm supporting uh, Mana Life. Here's their account. I use the sticker, take pictures of my toast and peanut butter. And that was happening all over the world, of course, in all different languages. All of these types of things, just if one piece of advice for anybody watching, if you're wondering like, how do I know, is this coming? When do I find out about it? This is all summarized in an account called Instagram for Business. So at Instagram for Business and wonderful. I'm glad you like the small, the support small business sticker too, because I- Oh, I, I, I jokingly, I mean, I did, a, I did a whole post on it, but tell me also about, so we had the stickers and things, but then we also had Facebook shops as well. Well, we've had Instagram shopping, the ability to tag a product yes. in feed or in stories for, for quite a while now in the UK. Uh, but what the shops launch allowed us to do, where there were two real asset or parts to it. One was, was bringing value to businesses to make the ability to, if you have a collection of goods and a way of almost customizing the type of content yes. that you would show and on both Instagram and Facebook and making a system. I know it sounds very techy, but a kind of backend system called Commerce Manager that makes it very easy to do, whether you're a big business or a small business. And many businesses will have that opportunity uh, over the next couple of weeks and months. Um, and I think small businesses sometimes just feel, um, are they the most up to date with what they can do? And so what you're saying is it's the at Instagram business, well, am I right to say? At Instagram for business. It, it's not only just news and announcements, it also has different types of, of features and some, some um, guides sometimes around how to get the best out of X, Y, or Z. They, it's, there's a lot of different content that appears uh, on that account. And, and also the at Instagram account will also, which is, is a, another major uh, account that's run by my colleagues. I mean, that, there's other, sometimes features there that are valued for the community. And then not to kind of give you a huge laundry list, but there's another one. Give called, us the laundry list. I think that's why everyone's list. Okay. listening. The other one is called um, Curated, <laughs> FB Curated. And that is an account that is almost focused on best practices for both the community and businesses. Like for example, they did a feature on like how to do a great Instagram live uh, and it puts it all together and that's FB curated. And although it's called FB curated, it's also, it's all about Instagram. Now, Gordy, we've got a few questions here um, from the Little BW book project. Uh, I'd be interested to know about allowing small businesses to get verified the blue tick to say that they are legit and original. Yes, the, the, the verification tick is a, is a constant 
uh, questions. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I've been on Instagram now for more than five years and I do get asked that every week. I think what's happened is that blue tech has morphed into something as a kind of badge versus what it's intended for. What it really is intended for is for high profile or celebrities who have the risk of, of being impersonated, for, for brands that have trademark infringement issues about the, the, there's ability to make sure that the brand that has got the trademark had, that, had the ability to have the blue tick to indicate. But there's many, many ways, even if you do not have the tick. Two things, one is you can always apply for it. It's in the app, you press settings, and then you can go and say, apply for verification. Then in your own profile, uh, you can indicate, which we do know is an important part of just who are you and what are you about? And that is what really matters to people. There's no evidence that kind of indicates, oh, well, if you have the tick, you're therefore considered to be somehow better than someone who does not. Um, yeah. From Lisa Ann Fern, as a founder of a small business, Soul Trader, which has recently grown and moved to new premises, um, I have a dilemma. Do I push my personal lifestyle on my business account? And how true is a brand uh, should IG posts and stories be? I.e., I see what she's saying, this sort of personal relevance. Yeah, and I talk about this and I do it. You know, my account is at Holly Tucker and we have Holly and Co. But it's that, what's your point of view on this? That sort of personal aspect, do you have two accounts? Um, what, have you seen anything that you could share that could help the community? Because this is quite an often question, you know, yeah. that you, you start as a personal account and then actually you think, oh gosh, maybe I should not have my dog's, um, you know, birthday on my, uh, my business account. Yes, and it's, it is a, it's a great question and a constant dilemma, I think, for people that are starting out and trying to weigh up how much their personal life will intermix with their business. It's something that we see, though, at all levels, even major uh, global brands who may have a designer at the helm. I think it's very, a couple of things to think about. One is just think of the resources that you personally have. Having two accounts is a lot of, of work potentially to kind of be balancing and posting one versus the other. I think also think very carefully about what is it that your audience wants to see. Maybe they, the audience of your small business love knowing about you personally. Mm -hmm. Maybe that is what really is driving them to follow you. It's the story behind the actual business and you're able to provide that through your own personal posts. It comes back to some of the other principles of just running an account on Instagram, which is really thinking about your audience what is it that you what is it that you want to have an account for and what is it the audience wants to see second thing is experiment experiment and try things out that instagram is a place that has grown to the place that it is now because it's a platform that allows people to test and learn and then adapt and the community is forgiving of that and then the third thing is using all of the surfaces so using live, using, losing, using IGTV, if you're a business that is shopping, making sure you're using the shopping tags, uh, looking at both video and images. We often talk to businesses about posting both. They're like, I don't know if I should have video or images and videos don't get likes. There's nothing wrong with posting both. Uh, and then you'll learn and know that that is how anyone who is successful and anyone who's, who's, who's sort of done well has learned their way through it. There's no one yeah. playbook necessarily. Um, tell me, um, we've got um, Lucy Joy Artist. Uh, what sort of posts are you looking for small businesses to be sharing? I think people are looking for that little bit of guidance of how, I think Lucy's saying, how can I be best in class and get a gold yeah. star? 
yeah, it's it's another it's a quite a common question of like how much should I post is like what's what's the right amount, and uh, there's no data that shows that if that you can sort of over post. Never think that every I, what one the one trap we all fall into is we think the number of followers we have everything I I will uh, post everybody sees every single thing because we think everyone's on Instagram 24 hours a day and they're just going to see that is not how it works either it is very important to remember that that many thing people are following a lot of accounts now they are following and coming to Instagram because it's a place where they can interact with the things and the people that they love and that's often many things so posting a lot allows more people you're like this one little drop of of rain in potentially an ocean so having more drops in has a better chance of being seen mm. also drops in more places like stories igtv live because many people some people will only look at igtv for a couple of days in a row because they just want video video longer form video so making sure you're showing up in different places and also you know using hashtags i think it's important sometimes people are like are they important or not? We do often say no more than three because there's yeah. just a psychological impact that when you start to use more, there starts to become a bit of a, are yeah. you putting too many for reasons that are not relevant to your post? But the hashtags will help. They, they do help things to appear and explore. There's many people that follow hashtags. Many people search for hashtags. Another thing, another tip is tag people. Very important to all, like if you're featuring people in your mm -hmm. post, tag them because the ability of tagging means that that has the ability to show up in more places it may be featured um in explore by certain people that are following that other person yes tagged so the tagging people they're using a couple of hashtags posting as much as you're comfortable with uh across images and video like i said before try to do both yeah. is a way of just kind of doing instagram well and then experiment experiment and try things out Brilliant. God, everyone's saying, <laughs> everyone's saying that this is just such brilliant tips. And um, I, I want to ask you, you know, for instance, I know that video is going to become massively important in our society. Um, it's all about voice. It's all about video. Um, and, and so I want to ask you if potentially one of your tips is that, you know, I've been saying if I can do it, this, the, everyone can do it. If you're not in it, you can't win it. So yes the important like you did uh did highlight something that has been fast growing and it's not even just on instagram but the idea of watching video and longer form video on our phones is something that is still continuing on a very high trajectory and video i think if you have not tried it it's very easy to test going live like live is literally as you know couple button you swipe over press live counts down boom you're live you can stop it at any time Nobody will, like, it's not going to necessarily be some kind of thing that will, will overshadow your entire brand for the, the future. Thinking about what is it that you want to be doing and then thinking of it, how you can do that through stories. Or if you're worried about live, try something and posting it on IGTV and see what, what happens. What are the comments you get? Even asking people. We know that in stories, we have that question sticker. The reason we did the question sticker, it's one of the most used stickers is because it allows people and businesses just to kind of put a question up there like, what do you want to know? And then people will, will respond. Also, the comments you get and replying to those comments and tagging people maybe in your comments, that's also quite common. Yes. Because the community of your followers, they they're also feel a bit like a community. Mm. So 
remembering that when you're trying trying uh, things out is very very uh, just important mindset to kind of constantly go back in. It's just remembering. Okay, have I posted across different of the platforms over the last couple of weeks? Um, can I learn anything from the last post? Did certain like the did certain get more likes or comments? Uh, it, like just going through and reminding yourself reg regularly because it's something. It's like a muscle. We've got to remember yes. to do it regularly, or we fall into a habit. And uh, so those are things I would just throw out as a kind of things to think about going forward. Oh, good. Honestly, I can't tell you. Everyone has found you fascinating. Bless you for joining us. Thank you, Gord. Thank you. Thank you very much, Holly, for having me. It's been real, real fun. Thank you very much. Gord was such a lovely man and really gave some insightful and helpful tips. I know I've been saying it for weeks, but you really have heard it from Instagram directly. Video is the future. So test it out. And I know that it's not necessarily the most comfortable or natural thing to do. I promise I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that. My team had been urging me for months and months prior to lockdown to do more on Instagram and go live. But I always resisted. SME SOS forced me to try it properly for the first time. And now I think I've nearly recorded a 100 lives in the last four months. And I can find finally say I'm feeling a bit more comfortable. So do test it out for yourselves. It is the quickest way to interact with your community and get your brand well and truly out there. After a brilliant conversation with Instagram, I thought it was only right to revisit my conversation with Joe Wicks. He brilliantly shared his ethos on the way that he approaches social media and the role that it has played in building his brand. This episode was recorded last year and Joe, as we know, has gone from strength to strength. So his advice here really is invaluable. I really think that every business, whatever industry it is, you need to have a presence on social media because this is your word of mouth now. This is your, you know, referrals. This is your yep. your landing page. It's your it's your shop front. And so, I'm very I'm I'm without doubt totally 100% addicted to social media. I love the transformations, the testimonials, the people I'm impacting, and I'm still so engaging. I've obviously got um, my little cousin Luca does my social media community, so he looks after the platforms and channels but I still very much do a lot of work mainly sort of voice notes because I think people don't even think I'm going to reply so when I send a voice note it means so much to them but I spend about two or three hours a day replying to dms and doing voice notes to people so and then when I tell people on my story hey guys I've just been doing those voice notes people go wow like he actually replies to people like it's going to be him so then I get more, more messages and it comes in and then or I'll talk about a motivational thing about my journey and that will inspire people and more, more messages come in so I'm never um <laughs> you can never clear your inbox, basically. But you do have, I think for me now, I've got to start implementing a bit more of a, yeah, like a, a, a focused time where mm. this is my work time, this is my family time and don't just integrate the social media 24-7 throughout the day because that's when it sucks all the energy out of you. Also, people will expect it from you. You're almost like it's a great thing, isn't it, that you're giving back and you're giving all this time that you could be with your daughter, let's say, at night and you're doing that voice note. But at the same time, as you, I think you alluded to, the more you give out, then the more people are hopefully wanting to receive your voice note. And there's only one of you, Joe. There's only yeah. one vessel here sitting in front of me that can, it can't be expanded much more. And they do. The more you send voice notes, then they become your friend. And then they'll put, I mean, I get some really intense stuff, like people that are going through really tough relationships or, you know, eating disorders. And I'm, I, 
Once mm. I've replied to them once, I can never ignore them. I can never mm. go, oh, I replied to that one because they asked about the plan or they asked about, they mm-hmm. bought my book. But I can't, I'm not like that. I have to always reply, always engage, always say thank you. And I think gratitude goes a long way. But in terms of your social media, you need, firstly, you need to be on all platforms. You need to be consistent because you're battling with this algorithm that if you don't put up consistent stuff, there's someone else that's doing it and they're going to float to the top of people's news feed. So consistency is important, but also that I know it gets banded around all the time, but authenticity, like... If you're real and you're genuinely a nice, kind, loving person, then you can come across on social media and people will know that. If it's all about your ego and about likes and about you making money, then you won't go very far. And that's why there's not many people in the UK in the fitness industry with 2.5 million followers. Do you know what I mean? So Mm. it's only people that truly care and that really really put people first, really stand out and Mm. have a massive audience. and, Mm. And that is important, really. You don't do too many personal posts or too many selfies. Is that a rule that you've created? Are you trying to protect some stuff in your life? I used to be really private in terms of with Rosie in India. I wasn't sharing as much, but I realised just how much I love them and I can't stop talking about them sometimes. But in terms of my own account, I always just find that my Instagram account is like, if you land on it, I want to be able to inspire you and give you some motivation, but also like, what can it do for you? Is it If it's just about me doing selfies and showing how ripped I am all the time, which I'm not right now because I've been lazy. You know, it's about helping other people get in shape and help, yeah. you know, real real transformations from real people. And it's definitely, it's never been about ego for me. You know, it's mm. about giving people some valuable content that is going to help them either cook a recipe or go and do an exercise and just change their mindset. I'm really into the whole mental health and mindset mm. thing. I don't keep, I, I don't really mention go and do this workout to burn fat. You're going to feel good and lose weight. Mm. I'm like, you're going to feel energized. You're going to feel productive. Mm. It's going to allow you to be more patient and, and mm. be a better mum and dad. And there's so mm. many different things attached to exercise that people don't really talk about. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really, it's I'm quite really surface ramming level that they talk about, isn't it? It's always body image, yeah, yeah but yeah. mentally and from sleep and your digestion, it all comes down to the food we eat. I think what slightly frustrates me about social media is it does encourage a certain level of ego. And don't get me wrong, I love a selfie as much as the next person. But what I really love about your Instagram is that you can tell, as you said, it's there to educate, inspire and shine a light on others. It's what I'm trying to do with my own. It's if that post that you're posting can actually have a ripple effect and it's not about shining the light back on yourself. And I do feel we've gone slightly down a route, haven't we, of this sort of shiny, glam, perfect images six pack even though I'm talking to you but instead you stay in authentic you tread this sort of careful life of your personal posts and your business posts and I know a lot of small businesses feel like they might have to give everything to their feed do you think that it it is about creating an entire brand so you have to be fully immersed within it when I look around at the people I think are succeeding and smashing it in business and life I think they are very much personality driven brands I think yeah it's difficult for corporate brands to kind of, well you know some corporate brands get it right but I think when you look at people like Jamie Oliver for example he's, an, he's a good example in the sense that he's still relevant today he still sold a million books last year with that five ingredients book he still cares about people you know and it, when you're someone that's passionate that passionate it is easy to stay relevant and in the public eye and within you know business and have an opportunity well, you're not waiting for a department are you to tell you what to do yeah some sort of strategy you're just straight there and I think yeah, I think it is difficult for big corporate commercial brands to kind of have that face in front of a brand. But also at the same time, I've got an obsession with engaging. I just don't want to lose that engagement and that connection with people. I don't chase scale anymore. 
I'm not bothered about having 10 million followers. I want like a really engaged number of followers that I care about and that I can yeah. actually connect with. Yeah. And these well, are the people that will, you know, will pre-order your book and will sign up to your completely. plan and support it's, you. It's far better to have fewer loyal fans you know, and if you can have that tribe, you know, that's the thing, isn't it? We, you're not looking to really, as you said, you're not looking to scale the unique, you're looking to keep the unique. Each week, NatWest give away their ad break space on conversations of inspiration. And now when small businesses need our support more than ever, they have extended this opportunity across this podcast special. And if that wasn't enough, if you want to win a one-to-one 90-minute mentoring session with me, well, thanks to NatWest, now you can. All you need to do is sign up to the NatWest Business Builder using our code to be in with a chance. The Business Builder is an entire free e-learning site packed full of information and advice covering everything from well-being to finance. Head to natwestbusinesshub.com forward slash Holly Tucker to find out more details. Now over to this week's brilliant independent ad break winner. Hello, I'm Kate. My business is Cooking in Carafts, a haven for foodies. My blog is filled with Italian-inspired recipes. I run pasta-making workshops, and I also have a lovingly curated online shop aimed at keen cooks and gardeners, whether they want to make their own pasta or grow their own veg. I'm working with local creators, makers, and fellow small businesses to bring something unique to my online store, including exclusive designs and products. I want to offer my community something a little different. And my favourite item has to be my handmade ceramic bowls by local Potter Gabby, perfect for serving up homemade pasta. Cooking and Carafts is my baby. It started as a food blog four years ago and is now growing into my own small business where I share my passion for Italy, cooking from scratch and teaching people new skills. The Cooking and Carafts shop allows me to showcase amazing talent while offering something a little different. Find out more about my business and everything I offer at www.cookingandcarafts.co.uk or follow me on social media at Cooking Carafts. The second guest I welcomed was Julie Baker, the Head of Enterprise and Community Finance at NatWest. Not only have they been instrumental in the initiatives launched by the government in recent months, but with the first female CEO, Alison Rose, of a UK bank ever, yes that's right, in 326 years, there has never been a female CEO of a UK bank. So under her leadership, NatWest announced their plan to become a purpose-led bank in early 2020 and have small businesses and female entrepreneurs at the very heart of their plans. In this conversation, Julie shared the early days of lockdown as they navigated working from home as well as being instrumental in supporting the government as they launched the financial schemes to support small businesses through COVID. NatWest have so much free content and support, as well as a whole range of funds, grants to support budding entrepreneurs. We covered it all in this conversation, so do head over to my IGTV to watch it all. In this clip, Julie is sharing her insights on the brilliant work that they are doing around female entrepreneurship. And so tell me, from the Alison Rose review, I just love to, because I, I feel like, you know, one of these big stats that came out of the report that how much if women were at a a parapet with men can't say the word um 250 billion would be pumped into our economy now tell me what other things came out of that report that that sort of 
when you read it yourself sort of made you sit up and realize what a journey that we're on yeah no th th thank you holly and i think it's really important we talk more about the rose view because we came up with five key barriers and then we checked them with 5,000 entrepreneurs, 150 key influencers. And so the big barrier that is always um, focused upon is access to finance. And we've got three interventions where we're tackling that. The first one is one which um, we launched last July, where we um, initially got just over 20 um, financial institutions to sign up to the Investing in Women Code. We've now got over 30. So what does this mean? It means that over 30 banks, VCs, angels, alternative funders will share their data with a gender lens and they will adhere to best practice and guidance. Because I always say, if you measure it, you treasure it. And I'm so interested when that comes out to see what is the state of play. Absolutely. And, and what I can say, if you focus on access to information, educational type workshops and events, making access in finance easy, then actually you do, you do see a growth in your, in, in your okay. lending to people. So it's a bit of a no brainer, really. So we need to do that, but, but everywhere. Um, and of course, the, the next two um, interventions um, around access to finance are in that VC and investor space and certainly tackling the VCs. And you'll have seen that report by Diversity VC um, probably 14, 15 months ago now, where it's, the, it's that horrific stat of only 1% of VC funding goes to female entrepreneurs. So what we're doing with that, and we're quite excited about this, and it has been um, put back, probably would have been launched shortly, but it's now going to be September. We're working in partnership, Coots and BGF, to, uh, on the UK Enterprise Fund, which will be a VC fund, not purely for female entrepreneurs, but for we're actively looking for a pipeline of female entrepreneurs to support. Gosh, it is quite shocking, isn't it, when you hear that number, 1%. It, it is, absolutely. Now, I know we spoke about what you were putting in place regarding VCs, but I remember um, when I spoke to Alison, she was saying how fundamentally there is a mindset there is this imposter syndrome that sort of you you almost could see through the report a confidence that women needed to adopt. What what would you say have been outside of what we've spoken about the VCs? What would you say from your experience as a woman being in business for uh, a long time within NetWest? What would you say are sort of maybe the top things that you've you've been surprised with that have held women back? Yeah, no, I'm really pleased that question has been asked because we, we didn't cover the full five barriers, did we? And yes, yes. Right, um, Holly, that is definitely one of them. So, and do you know what we toyed when we did the Rose Review as how to word this barrier? Because I personally don't like saying that women lack confidence because I think that is almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. What I like to say is we need to find the courage that for whatever reason that self-belief in women does not appear to be the same as what it is in our male counterparts and i'll give you an example you know if a female looks at a job application and it says you need to do these be able to do these 10 things you know a man will look at the first three or three of them and think yeah i can do three and i'll learn the rest a woman will look at even if she can do nine she will dwell on the one she can't do so i think as women as well we need to take a step back and actually probably be less humble and articulate better 
what we can actually do because you know another another barrier we haven't spoken about is that the, the caring responsibilities again mm. that's it with women whether it's children or the elderly we do an amazing job as women of juggling caring responsibilities and the day job at work and all the amazing things at work and we are the best organizers and you know and and we we sometimes just don't quite appreciate what we can do so for me i think you know if you are in those situations where you you feel that you haven't got the courage to push yourself forward you have got to be brave oh i couldn't agree more and um tell me what you would say is your number one sort of gut feel of what you feel small businesses should take on board as a lesson yeah well, well i think at the moment i think it's really important that you reassess your plans because yes. priorities will change because we are in unprecedented times and and we know none of us really know what the new future will look like and i like to think we, we will build back better with the learnings of this so yes. so i do think we've all got to adapt we've all got to refocus we've all got to think actually what are those changing priorities and then i think what we've got to do is okay so what support do i need around me both within in my you know in team but also what is out there in the external support networks as well because um i i do a lot of work with the local enterprise partnerships and they're certainly you know looking at plans at the moment of you know i, I mentioned the phrase earlier sort of build back stronger and actually trying to reopen high streets and local communities because i think we will all change we've all learned so much over this you know julie thank you so much for your time and um for all that you do so thank you, Holly, too. You are such a great ambassador and somebody great. And, and I love these um, SME SOS um, sessions. I, I listened to a few when I was on a walk the other day and totally inspired. Hearing Julie, hearing that NatWest have this huge focus on supporting small businesses and female entrepreneurs makes me even more excited for the future. Can you believe we have a missing 250 billion from our economy because women are not starting and scaling businesses at the same rate as men and it is essentially because of the imposter syndrome and lack of access to finance. Every week I get the most glorious letters, packages of love and joy and messages and emails and so I am keen to share some of the words with you. Last week in my DMs, I received this most beautiful message from Adele. Dear Holly, you've changed my life, given my daughters bread and butter, skills that they have learned from helping out, which I can see now are starting to be used in their next journey of finding their first jobs. Now my husband is working full time with me and life is a lot less stressful for him, literally changing life forever and making dreams come true. Because 20 years ago, we bought our first vinyl cutter with our wedding money, with a dream of working together and it's been a long windy road but this year amongst all the madness that dream has finally come true. I can't tell you 
what joy it brings me, knowing that your businesses are growing, that they are becoming family businesses and that your daughters have been inspired by you, all because of your hard work, Adele. Adele has very much been part of our Holly & Co journey. In fact, I vividly remember Adele joining us at our first ever Congregation of Inspiration to help us set up for no other reason than she wanted to help and came armed with all her knowledge and tools. And my goodness, we needed her help that day. Thank you, dear Adele. To all of you, head to Nutmeg Wallart to find out more about her brilliant business. This week, we reach the longest day of the year and it marks the halfway point of the year. I mean, six months into 2020. How has that happened? But it really is the time to look forward and take on board these elements we've learned over the last few months. With a path ahead looking a little more stable and clearer, I'm taking a pause this week to start building out 2021 and what that looks like in order for me to help put in place the building blocks in order to get to that goal. I think this year has shown us that we need to build the future in mind. And I know it sounds slightly premature, seeing as it feels like this year hasn't quite got going yet. But planning ahead now and reviewing your goals for 2021 will be vital for ensuring success. Working backwards from a date in the future to today and understanding that our actions this very day are part of a wider plan. And for me, And hopefully for you, it helps me through the darker moments on this wonderful roller coaster ride that we're on. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you love this podcast, then don't miss out on Monday's episode of Conversations of Inspiration. I have the wonderful Jacqueline Gold, founder of Anne Summers, joining me. She is truly a phenomenal woman, breaking boundaries and was so generous in sharing her story, which at times was very emotional to hear. Finally, before you go, can I ask you to help all the founders out there who need to hear real life soulful business stories, knowing maybe what it has done for you personally and your business, would you spread the word and tell all you know about my podcast Conversations of Inspiration? I'd really appreciate it. But for now, thank you and I'm wishing you a wonderful rest of the week. I'd like to take this opportunity again to say thank you to NatWest Dell 3 and Royal Mail for helping us to bring this free podcast special to life. And finally, thank you to you because you're the wind beneath my wings and I want to wish you, your families and your business all the very best. Stay safe and I'm sending you all so much love. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown You will find that all the things that I have said Will come to when you are lying in your bed And if you want your friends to come